Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 11th of July 2010, entitled Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. And the Bible readings are taken from John chapter 8, verse 12, and John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Direct your attention to the Gospel of John, and we're going to, uh, to read two portions. First of all, in, in John chapter 8, the Gospel of John chapter 8, I'd like to read just, uh, just one verse from there, which is uh, uh, verse 12, which says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, keeping that in mind, we're going to take our reading from John chapter 1. I invite you to stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word as we read verses 1 through 14. Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. I'm sure a familiar passage to most of you today. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He, speaking of John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. The world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the privilege to be in your house today. But Father, we thank you for the confidence that we can have right now to even be able to approach your throne in prayer. And Lord, that confidence lies not in ourselves, but in this one who we've just read about here, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. All of our faith, all of our hope is in him. And Lord, we recognize that he is our only mediator. But we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you today in his name knowing that you will hear and answer our prayers. Father, we pray now that as we, Lord, look into your word, Lord, that you would anoint, that you would use this time for your glory. We realize, Father, that without your anointing, Lord, that without the words coming from you and in thy power through thy spirit, Lord, that our time will be wasted here today. We pray that you would use thy unworthy servant. We pray that you would make these words alive into our hearts. You know every individual here. You know the hearts of each one. And Father, if there be anyone here today 
that has never been saved, that has never been born again, that has never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that through the power of your Spirit, you would convict their souls this day, that they would come to recognize not only their, their condition as a sinner, but that they would recognize their need for a Savior, which they can find only in Jesus Christ himself. Father, we pray that as we have this special time today of coming around the Lord's table, we pray that as we remember him, we pray, Lord, that it would be a time that our fellowship would be sweet with one another, with you. Lord, as the family of God here today, Lord, as the church family here at Bethel, would you bind our hearts in the unity that can only come from above as we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for what you do for us today in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Again, John chapter 8, verse 12 said, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. What a tremendous promise. What a glorious promise as we look here. And of course, I won't dwell a long time there this morning. You know that we've dealt with this matter of darkness and light in the past. And of course, darkness is not something that God had to create. Darkness exists where there is no light. Most of us can remember that's usually one of the first things that we learn to fear as a child is darkness because we can't see what's around us and we, we can't see who's around us. And so many times, so many times, those children need just that nightlight or something, some kind of a glimmer to where they can at least get some idea of their surroundings in order to feel safe and secure because the darkness holds so much of the unknown. We don't know what's there. We don't know that there's anything to hurt us, but it's the unknown that is frightening. I shared a few of these thoughts as we met at the residential home, nursing home uh, yesterday evening. And of course, I can remember, I can't remember being afraid as a little child, but I can remember as a little bit bigger child when uh, I told some of them that even though that I lived within the city limits, you know, there were these patches of woods like you have around Birmingham, like if you were to, to go out into Sutton Park or something, you can actually find trees and you can go out there and you can pretend that you're in the forest. So we used to set up our tents and we'd camp out in the woods. And of course, there were no lions and tigers and bears and wolves and all these things around, but we had ourselves convinced that they were <laughs> because we were out there in the woods. And when it began to get dark, it would become more frightening, you know, where... Where are those ferocious animals that are going to come and get us? And, of course, we didn't wait for it to get too dark before we started making sure the torches were handy and lighting the lanterns so that there was plenty of light. <laughs> and if we had to go out, you know, you weren't about to go outside that tent and venture up and down those trails without your light with you to see where you were going and what was around you. And, of course, I told them that the dark still messes me up sometimes. Often if I'm still up working or studying, my wife goes to bed before me, and of course then I go up and I'm trying to be all nice and quiet when I go in the bedroom so that I don't wake her up. 
You know, all of a sudden there's something there on the floor that I didn't know, and I stumble and I knock something off, and you know, <laughs> suddenly she's awake. She doesn't go back to sleep easily when she gets, but it's because of darkness. I can't see. I go in there and I'm and I'm trying to feel my way around in the dark. <laughs> it's even worse on those very odd occasions because she's usually up before me in the mornings. It's even worse on those very odd occasions when I have to be up early and she's still in bed and I'm trying to fill around and find my clothes and, and, and everything to get, to get dressed in the dark and I know that if I turn the light on, it's going to disturb her. See, it's the darkness. The darkness holds so much unknown for us and the problem is, is that we, we can't find our way around because we just can't see. We find that in the natural world around us, God created something to give us that light by day, which is called the sun. And of course, to a lesser degree at night, that which is the moon, the stars that hang there. We find that it's that light that will overcome the darkness. And of course, the same in the natural world. You know, darkness is the natural state when no light exists. So we have all these artificial means of light. We have lights that we flip a switch and bang. Doesn't matter how dark that it is before you turn that light on, it'll always be light once the light is shed. We have torches. We have lanterns. We have all these different means of being able to overcome the darkness simply are the means of light. I want to say to you this morning, we can all relate to that. We all know darkness. Oh, some that I believe that the darkest that I've ever been, the farther you get away from the light, the darker it gets. And if you've ever been down into one of these caverns or taverns that go hundreds of meters down into the earth, and you get down there and there's absolutely no way that the sunlight is going to penetrate that rock to get there. And usually one of their tricks when they get you there is to turn the lights off <laughs> so you can see just how dark it is. And I mean, you're talking darkness to where you can hold your hand against your face and still not see it because there simply is no light to penetrate that darkness. We need to realize we live in a spiritually dark world. We look around us. You know, many times we all hear these reasons, these excuses, these questions. If God is so loving, if He's such a great God, why does all this bad stuff go on around us? Why is there all this evil that's around us? Folks, do we realize that the reason darkness exists is because there is no light. We live in a dark world because of the lack of the light that can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other light that can overcome spiritual darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We see the darkness because of a lack of Jesus Christ in the lives of those that he lives and dwells within. You see, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
But don't you like that next part? He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Do you realize that it's impossible? It's impossible to be in darkness if the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. It's impossible because he is the light. And if you're with him, he says, them that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Why? Because darkness and light cannot exist in the same place. It's impossible. He says, but them that are not walking in darkness, they shall have the light of life. The most important light in all the world, the light of life. You see, we see, first of all, the light revealed to us. The only way in darkness, the only way that that darkness can ever be overcome is for some way, somehow, a light to be given to you. It's got to come from somewhere. Well, the light is revealed to us. Jesus said, I am the light. Anybody need to go back to the Greek to figure out what that means? <laughs> I am the light. It's that simple. Jesus Christ is that light. You see, the light is first of all revealed in the Savior, in Jesus Christ himself. And that's what we just read about in John chapter 1 there. Notice that it was him, Jesus Christ, the living word that came into this world. The Bible even tells us there that there was this one called John. John the Baptist, the forerunner of our Lord Jesus Christ, he came not because he himself was the light, but to be witness of that light, which was Jesus Christ. He was the only one that could light the way. Notice what is said in verse 9. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, That was the true light. Capital L in your Bibles, not just a, a small light. Capital L, the light, the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. We find that the first thing that we say is that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the only true light. And I like what it says there. When it says that, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Folks, there's not a shortage. He's not sufficient. His light is not just bright enough to light a few. But the Bible tells us in our, in our, in our Bibles that Jesus Christ came not to die for our sins only, but for the sins of of the whole world. I like what John wrote when he talks about Jesus being the propitiation for our sins. Everything that was required by God to take care of that sin. But he said, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Not God's will that any should perish. You see, I want you to understand if you're here this morning, or it may be somebody that's listening to this sermon later via the internet or whatever, I don't care where you are in the world. I don't care where you hear these words in the world. The truth is, Jesus Christ came into this world, and he is the light of the world. And the Word of God says to us clearly here, 
that he is the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The light is there. And it comes forth in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. But folks, the light is not just revealed to us in the Savior, but in the Scriptures, in the Word of God. Preacher, what do you mean? Well, look at a couple of things. Number one is Psalm 119, verse 30. The Word of God says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The entrance, the psalmist said, Lord, the entrance of your words giveth light. And it gives understanding to the simple. Just a few verses back in Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible says, The Word, the Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see, we see His light. There's only one light. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And them that follow him, they cannot walk in darkness, but they have the light of life. We find here that the light of Christ, the light of the world, the light of life is shown through the holder, the lamp, as it were. You see, when you take up that, that lamp to be able to overcome that darkness, you can hold that lamp as long as you want to in that darkness. You can hold that torch as long as you want to. But until the light is turned on, it will have absolutely no effect whatsoever. Why? Can the Word of God on the one hand say that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, that He's the light of life, and then talk about the Word because He is the living Word, praise God. This is the lamp because of the Jesus that's within its pages. It's the only place. The faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we can call His Word a lamp and a light. Why? Because it's not like any other book. It's not like any other words that man can read. But because of the Jesus Christ that's within it, that's the light. That's the light that shines forth from these. And that's why that even you, as a child of God, the Bible speaks of you as being a light. <laughs> The Bible speaks of us not lighting a candle and putting it under a bushel. Why? Because when Jesus Christ lives within you, you can be that lamp because of the light that shines forth from you, from him, the light of the world that lives within. The word is a lamp. It can reveal the only true light, the light of Jesus Christ. So we find that, folks, Without the Lord Jesus Christ, without the Holy Scriptures, why, why do we place such importance upon God's Word, upon God's Word and, and, and proper interpretation and understanding and living and knowing and, and this being our foundation in everything that we do? Because it's only here. It's only here that we can find truth that we can find the true light, which is the light of every human being. The light revealed that, you know, you can be in that darkness physically, 
and it could be just absolutely pitch dark. And I could come up to you, Brother Andrew, and maybe you can't see, but I can. And I offer you a light to be able to overcome that darkness. But it doesn't matter how powerful that light is. If you're not willing to receive it. If you're not willing to take it, it's not going to do you any good. It's not going to overcome that darkness. The light can be right there. It just needs to be turned on. It needs to be given the opportunity to, to overcome that darkness. But if we won't take that light, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how perfect, how powerful that it is. It can do nothing. You see, that's what he said there, that Jesus Christ was the true light and that he lighteth every man that cometh into the world. The light is powerful enough to light your light and everybody that you know and every lost individual, anybody that's under the sound of my voice today. Jesus Christ is sufficient light for your life. But notice, he said he came unto his own, the true light, but his own received him not. They weren't willing to receive the light. When he himself, the light of the world, the living word, when he came into this world, the very ones that he had made, the very ones that he had created, we read here, they refused to receive him. John chapter 3 and verse 19. Listen carefully. John chapter 3 and verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is the condemnation. The light has come. But the problem is too many people like being in the dark. The Bible says they like being in the dark. Why? Because they don't want to face the evil. They don't want to face the sin that's within them. You see, you can, you can pretend things aren't there as long as you're in the dark. You can not look at it. You know, even the little child. <laughs> so many times when something's maybe going to be frightening or scary, what do they do? They, they, they cover their eyes as if covering your eyes makes it not there. <laughs> you ever had a little child come up to you and covering their eyes and think that you can't see them because they can't see you? <laughs> and spiritually, that's what people, people prefer the darkness. They don't want, why? They don't want to face the evil, the sin that's within. Because once the light comes on, it's going to show up the dirt. <laughs> it's going to show up those things. But the condemnation is that there's enough light in the world in the Lord Jesus Christ for everybody. But there are those that prefer the darkness. They, in turn, will reject. The light is rejected in the Savior. And in the same way in the Scriptures, even though God has given us His written word, the simple truth is, is that the world doesn't want to receive it. <laughs> the world doesn't want it. Why? The lamp 
and the light of the written word. We've had it in its completed form for about 1,900 years, about 100 years after the Lord Jesus Christ died upon the cross. We had God's revealed word to each and every one of us. But men rejected it then, and men still reject it, and men still ridicule it, and much of the world is still in darkness. Why? Because they reject the light, they reject the Lord Jesus Christ, and they reject the truth of the living word. They reject the written word. They will not receive that light because they don't want to see or face their sin. You cannot. You cannot stand face to face with Jesus Christ. You cannot stand face to face with his word and pretend that there's no sin. Pretend that everything is okay. Oh, listen, today, this service is to remember Jesus. I want you to remember that he is the light of the world. And them that follow him will never walk in darkness. He is the light of life. That light has been revealed to us. It's been revealed to us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you like what it said there in verse 14? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God incarnate. We beheld the glory of God. And our Lord Jesus Christ, the light was revealed in the Savior and in the Scriptures. The light's rejected in the Savior and in the Scriptures. But I want you to give you this closing thought. <laughs> the light received. <laughs> See, the light's there for everybody. But everybody must reject it or receive it. There is no in-between. You either take it or you don't. You accept it or you don't. You keep, you're kidding yourself if you think, well, I'll, I'll deal with this another day. I'll deal with it another time. Verse 12 and 13 in John chapter 1. <laughs> but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The new birth, being born again. These aren't terms as light as people want to make of them and mock us over them today. Jesus is the one that said, ye must be born again. The Bible is what speaks of this new birth, this spiritual birth, which must be experienced. doesn't matter how great you are in the flesh if you're still dead and in darkness in the spirit. Oh, for those who receive it, there's this glorious light. But folks, it must be received. And it must be received now. If you're here today, and if you're in darkness spiritually, if you can't see, you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going, you don't understand these things, I'm saying to you, there's only one light. And that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. And here today, you will either reject that light and say, no, not now, or you receive it. And for those, which I hope means most of you here today, that have already received that light, you know what it's like to come from darkness to light, from death to life, 
You know that experience. John chapter 12, verse 35 and part of 36. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. <laughs> Isn't that exactly what he said back here? As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Here he's talking about the light, and if that light is received, that we become the children of that light. Oh, listen. There's a very serious warning there. Of course, we've seen how the light has been revealed in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and in this Word of God, the Scriptures, how it's rejected both places. You see, the truth is today in receiving that light, in receiving it into your life. Jesus said physically, personally, literally, he was only going to be a while and he would be gone. You need to take the light while it's there. Today we have God's Word, the light, Jesus, being revealed through this Word that I hold right here. The truth is we only have it for a little while and it will be gone. Folks, there is no other hope. There is no other way to overcome that darkness. It's an absolute, complete impossibility. What did it say there in verse 5 of 1 John? And the light shineth in darkness, the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness will never overcome the light. Right now, there's only one light that will overcome that spiritual darkness and it's Jesus Christ. The warning that he's giving to us here in this passage is, you've only got the light for a little while. Take it and believe it while it's there, while you have the opportunity. I don't know. You see, the truth is this, and this is not meant to frighten. This is just pure, simple fact. From the youngest to the oldest here today, I don't know, and you don't know how many more heartbeats you may have. Right now, right now, you have opportunity to receive the light if you'll receive it, to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life and your heart or to reject it, to put it off. Folks, we're not talking about religion. We're not talking about going to church. We're not talking about being good. I'm saying, is there a time in your life when truly the light has come in and you know that you've been born again? You know that you've become a child of God. If you don't know that, you need to know it today while the light is still here. Because one of two things is going to happen. It's appointed unto man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. We'll either leave this life by way of death or we'll leave by the trumpet. <laughs> I'm listening for the trumpet. <laughs> but you see, here's the sad thing is that once that trumpet sounds and once the church, the body of Christ, is taken out of here, 
I believe it'll be too late if you've rejected it already. It'll be too late right now because the trumpet hasn't sounded. Because God's Word is what will give you that light. You have opportunity now, but you may not tomorrow. You may not this evening. You may not an hour from now. Jesus said, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of God. The last thing I want to remind you, if you turn in your Bibles to the very first page in Genesis chapter 1, when God created everything that was created, verse 3, let there be light. First words spoken, let there be light. It was good. You see, the first thing God did when he came on the scene of this world that you and I know is his wonderful creation, the solar system we live in and all of it, darkness couldn't exist with God. The first words he said was, let there be light. Today, I wonder if you've accepted and you've received that light. We come today to take of this bread and to take of this cup. This bread and this cup can do nothing for you spiritually. It is symbolic of that which must have already taken place in your life. As a matter of fact, if you're here today, and if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then we ask you not to take of this bread and this cup. If you're here today, you haven't in your faith, in putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you haven't been willing to, to walk in obedience of baptism to show that, then we ask you not to take of this. That's your first step of obedience. Why have you not done it? We know that this ordinance was given to the local church. It's one of the ordinances of the church to carry forth and we do that as a church today to show our unity. The church at Corinth was condemned because they were making light of it. There was all these divisions amongst them, and yet they were coming around the Lord's table just pretending that everything was okay. And even there, they weren't even considering the less fortunate of their brothers and sisters in the congregation. Oh, listen, we're here today. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you have Follow the Lord in believer's baptism. And if you're not a member of this local church, you're a member of a church of like precious faith, a church that would be in agreement to the doctrines and teachings to where that we can honestly say that there's unity between us. You see, I love all my brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, but many of them are not in doctrinal unity with us, though I know that I'll see them in heaven one day. But it would be making light of what we're doing here today if we pretended that none of that mattered. We don't sit as anybody's judge. They need to be saved. And you need to follow the Lord in believers' baptism. And you need to be a member of a local Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching New Testament church. 
And as we come around this table today, we come to remember and to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ, his body that was broken for us, his blood that was shed for us on Calvary. And if you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, then we want to testify to you, to proclaim to you today as we take of this bread and this cup that all of our hope is in him. And if you have any hope today, it's only in that same Jesus who we're remembering today as we come around this table. But even as Christians, you're saved. You've been baptized. You could be a member of this church or a, or a church of like faith. And the truth is that you know there's some things in your life that are not as they ought to be. The Bible says, don't pretend. Don't play games. You see, it's not this bread and this cup that will give you the fellowship and the communion today. It's the one with whom it represents the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's where the fellowship needs to be. And if there's sin or disharmony in your life, then again, we're making a mockery of this table just to pretend that it's okay. You'll have greater fellowship today. This time around the communion table will mean more to you today if you'll make it a point to do whatever it is that's separating you and your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ today. That's why when we come to this table, it should be a time of sweet, sweet fellowship. But folks, we've already seen you don't come face to face with the light without examining yourself. The Bible gives us a clear warning. He says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth, drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another." That's exactly what we're doing here this morning. We're going to have, first of all, just a brief moment of silent prayer. I want you to ask God to turn His light, the searchlight, upon your heart to show you if there be anything there, any evil ways, any sin, any discord, any disunity that ought not to be, Ask him to show it to you. Be willing to face it and deal with it because you see what I really want for you today, every one of you, I want it to be a special time because if you're here and you're a child of God and all of your imperfections, you'll, you'll never be worthy in yourself, but he is worthy. Today, you can come on the worthiness of the Lord Jesus Christ because you know in your heart everything's right between you and him Everything's right between you and your brother and your sister. There's no discord there. And I hope you can know that sweet fellowship today as we remember Jesus. And if you're here and you're not saved, I want it to be a special time for you that you're reminded 
of the one that died for you, the one that is the light of this world, the only one that can overcome the spiritual darkness in your life. As we bow our heads and as we pray quietly for just a moment, Father, I thank you for this time that we can come around this table that was given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself in his remembrance to remember him. Lord, we've tried to look into your word and remember him this morning. And now as we come to this time, Lord, I pray that truly as individuals that each one will have examined themselves Lord, we know so well our imperfections that we fail you so miserably day by day. Lord, I pray today that as much as within our power, Lord, that any known sin in our lives will be dealt with, that any disunities between brothers and sisters in Christ will be dealt with. You will help us as a unified body today Lord, this body known as Bethel Free Baptist Church that are committed believers, that have followed you in believers' baptism, showing forth to the whole world their willingness and their desire to follow you. Lord, I pray. Lord, as we come around this table that you've asked us to do in remembrance of you, I pray that as a body that we would truly be united one with another because there would be no discord there, Lord, that hasn't been dealt with. But, Father, with the Lord Jesus Christ as our head, that there be no discord and disunity with him because of things in our lives. Lord, may it be a time that as we remember him today, we can know that sweet, sweet fellowship being bound together, but being bound together with the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.